As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I'm Franklin Coda. And this week we're doing Vroom Vroom Baby Driver. <laughs> and uh, before we get into it, because Frank and I both hardcore loved, loved, loved this movie. We saw it opening, well, not really opening night because it came out last Wednesday. I don't know what that day was. <laughs> Thursday? 8th. Yeah. You, the, the... We saw it on Friday. We saw it two days after it came out in like a sold out theater. It was so good, but... I saw it a second time fuck! on Sunday, and it was also sold out. Damn it! I'm, I wanted to see it a second time. I should have figured out a way. <laughs> I'm, I'm just really happy that, like, you know, like, this awesome Edgar Wright movie, I've seen it twice, and they're both sold out shows. Yeah. And The New Yorker, I See You, that review was boo-boo. Yeah. I did not like it. What did, what did they say? We'll get into it. I did not care for it. Okay. Um. So, we're doing a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, we received a very nice email. Yes. <laughs> um, that Frank is not taking the hint of pulling up. <laughs> it's one click. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to read all of the great praise because we don't want our heads to get too big, but it was They're already pretty big. <laughs> but that, that's more of like, just like a, um, a comment on the size of our heads. We have very large melons. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> just a forte yes um one of the podcasts i really like is called the flop house and when they read a listener email they say last name withheld so we will also do that unless you guys give us the okay this is you know in the presumption that we get more emails we would like more emails <laughs> at realteengirltalk at gmail.com um but we got this from nico last name withheld and at the end of the email it says would you guys rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? I I have a prepared answer to this. Do you? Um, not really. I've seen this answer on Reddit A not answer a uh, question on Reddit AMAs, but I think I have an answer. Okay, well I'm just gonna go with mine. Um, if I would rather fight a um, hundred duck-sized horses if they are normal horses. If it's a hundred duck-sized flickas, oh, I would. You're done. I would. Yeah, like it's gonna take like two to bring me down. There's still eight ninety-eight left to like to fight me. Like just tiny balls of rage. <laughs> Here is my answer. I am going to say one horse-sized duck because we wouldn't fight. We would form a very close friendship. I mean, if if 
if a, if a friendship is on the table, then I would still, I'd stick with my answer. So I just have all those tiny, like, horses running around me, and I'd, like, throw them apples and whatnot. Just I imagine read... them eating apples. It'd be so cute. I read a Jonathan Lethem book about space. It's called The Girl Who's Something or Other. I read it in college, so this is, like, a bazillion years ago. But there were, like, these, like, invisible, tiny... They weren't, like, invisible, like, ephemeral, tiny animals that ran around all over the place. That's what the tiny horses make me think of. Sounds like the spirits from Legend of Korra. Yeah. Could you uh, bring up the internet, and I'll look it up, um, while Frank is going to give us a brief overview. So, since this is a new movie, um, and... Frank and I are not party poopers. We're not trying to hit you with those spoilers. Um, we'll do like a 10 minute overview of the movie with no spoilers. And then if you want to go see the movie, shut off the podcast. And then if you have already <laughs> seen the movie or don't mind spoilers. And let me tell you, I do have friends who are that way. I'm not that way. I don't like spoilers. But I remember when The Sixth Sense came out, my one friend was like, I don't, and Fight Club. She was like, I don't care. Whatever. Tell me. Like <laughs> The enjoyment of those movies is, like, completely contingent on uh, the surprise. <laughs> so we saw them together, and she was like, whatever. <laughs> um, so here, I pulled up his Wikipedia page yeah, for you. Yeah, go ahead. Um, oh, I think this is it. Girl in Landscape. Yes. So if you want to read a book about space that I vaguely remember, and it has ephemeral tiny animals, it's called Girl in Landscape. That's I remember a, liking it. That's a very... St- like niche genre. <laughs> <laughs> I, so my senior year of college, I had to take like over twenty credits, and I um, most of them were English classes. And if you've been in a college English course, you know you're reading like a book a week. So now imagine like five classes where you're reading a book a week. I was trying to cram so much reading. And, like, I had one called Contemporary Literature that was just all sci-fi, which I loved, but we read, like, a Solomon Rushdie... Solomon Rushdie? Book. Yeah, the one um, about, like, like, crossing over to the plane of death or something. I don't know. I read way too much in too short a time, and my brain was, like, just coming out of the mire... Of too much partying. <laughs> it was sort of like, oh, you're asking a lot of me after asking nothing of me. Nothing of me. <laughs> um, but Brain, you've already given me everything. No, not yet. <laughs> uh, I've given you like 10%, honestly. <laughs> Wait, they didn't they debunk that myth? Yeah, but I'm saying like your brain coming out of the too much party Frank, phase. Are you telling me that you are Bradley Cooper from Limitless? I'd prefer to be. Are Lu- you Lucy? I'd prefer to be Lucy. <laughs> I saw both of those movies and I didn't care for either of them. <laughs> like I saw Lucy when I was in Boston with my friend who um, was at a fellowship at Microsoft, and we both came out of that movie and we're like, eh. And then we went to a really weird dance party. <laughs> like, we couldn't find it. It was in this, like, like scatteredly populated house. We were the only ones dancing. It was a weird night. When you s- I feel like Lucy set the tempo of just, like, the night not making any sense. I like how you, like, in the scatter- it's a sparsely populated house. Like, one room is just full of people. And then just, like, one guy playing Mario Kart alone in the dark. Yeah, it was, like, it was, like... The room that had the DJ in it was, like, the least populated. The DJ was fine. Like, look, I will be the first one to admit when a DJ is trash. But, like, the DJ was fine and no one was dancing. And we were like, okay, like, let's make this happen. (laughs) Um, Okay. uh, Let's get on to business. Um, So let's just say what's in the trailer. Um, Baby. um, (laughs) Yes. The main character's name is Baby. B-A-B-Y, baby. Um, his, he's played by Ansel Engelcourt. Um, I think I've been saying it wrong. It's like Engelcourt? Elgort, I think. Ansel Engelcourt? Elgort? Elgort. Elgort. Okay. I read a newsletter basically for no one on Tumblr called <laughs> Susie on Movies, and I had to look up the spelling because I thought it was Engelcourt, but it's just Elgort. Also, I started following him on Instagram. Most of his Instagram stories are like, my girlfriend's hot. Here's me without a shirt. I like it. It's good. It's very <laughs> He's like, here's me flipping a hamburger. And I'm like, 
I'm here for this content. <laughs> I'm like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. I mean, his girlfriend is hot. This is girl- Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like a nice dude. Like. <laughs> it's nice to see an attractive, tall, thin, white male get it. <laughs> <laughs> Not since David Bowie. <laughs> it's good to see the tall white dude get his. <laughs> oh, I also looked up his height today. He's 6'4". Jesus. Because um, he's very thin, so... <laughs> the, first, um, the friend we saw the movie with on Friday was like, when he wears a turtleneck with a suit, he looks like Slenderman. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's not very nice. <laughs> he's a nice young boy. Oh my god, that should just be my new aesthetic. Like, what? I only want to date men who remind me of Slenderman. <laughs> like, my whole life, our, like, romance story is a creepypasta. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's been my way pretty much for me. <laughs> Have you been dating Slenderman and not telling me? Not as, not as, Oh my god, I want to tell a story so bad not, that I know you're not going to let me tell. Go, go ahead. So, I can't trust Frank. Dear listener. Oh, this story? Yeah, go on. Like, I, was, I had some podcast we are going to do this one on, but whatever. Go for it. I can't know that Frank's not secret dating people behind my back because Frank had an internet girlfriend for years and then didn't talk to Not for years. How long was it? Maybe eight months or so. Where did you guys meet? I'm so mad at you. I'm remembering the <laughs> of what you told me. On a Digimon fan <laughs> What was her favorite Digimon? I don't fucking remember. You're not painting me a love story. <laughs> I mean, she, she would... She, I won't... <laughs> don't say her name. So, okay, I will tell this story. We, and we I, mo- will, like, like, here, I will give it the regard and the gravity it deserves. Here's, here's what happened. Was, I'm already gesturing so much. Here's what happened was that, you know, I was just like, I really like this site. So I messaged the web. Was there a message board? I don't think so. I didn't, I, I never fucked with message boards. Okay. Go like, ahead, proceed. <laughs> um, yeah, I messaged her and she's like, oh, hit me up on AIM. So we were talking back and forth on AIM. Oh my God. And like, A love story for the ages. And, um... Eventually, it moved away from Digimon. Just us chatting about our lives. Like, what's going on in high school? For all I know, it's a 45-year-old man. Like... Who loves hearing about high school. You never know. I don't think it was, because he never asked you for nudes. I mean, well, this was also back in the day when nudes were like... You need, like, five pieces of equipment for nudes. (laughs) (laughs) They found a way. I I know. uh, Swim fan found a way. um, I would have needed a scanner... No, you need a digital camera. I, what year was this? Two, not two thousand ninety-nine. That's not possible. We were living together, and you kept your internet girlfriend a secret. Yeah. Betrayal. Betrayal at the hand of aim. So, Frank told me this. I think was this the night that we went to that board game night that yes. I found through a meetup. Okay. So. This is just like a totally bizarre night because I had had a very bad breakup and I was looking to like get out there again. And, you know, most of my friends are married. I just didn't know how to do this. This is not teen oriented at all. It felt awkward like a teen encounter. (laughs) So like I went on meetup and this person was holding a board game night and it was just at their house. I was not familiar with the area that this house is in so I'm we drive st- we, we went out there i'm still not familiar with that area because it was dark as fuck yeah and it's like in the middle of nowhere it's just this like tiny house in like kind of the woods and yeah. i was like this is the way that dumb white people get killed in a horror yes, movie exactly. <laughs> like, i remember pulling up and like should we just like think to myself like should we just leave like i feel like we're smarter than this like i feel like i feel like if i get murdered this way it's gonna be like eh he deserved it so, I mean, it was fine. We played games. It yeah, they were super we nice, like, the yeah. people. And then we left, and Frank broke the news to me that 10 years prior, maybe longer than that, 15 years prior, he had had an internet girlfriend and never told me. End of that story. The story basically had no point. Why did I start talking about that story? Um, was it because of Ansel? 
I think so. Right, because I want to date a Slenderman. Okay, so friends. <laughs> oh, but like all all the um, all the selfies they send you is just them like in the background of a playground, just like all straight armed and whatnot, because that's what Slenderman does. <laughs> Wait, so Slenderman is basically like upright planking constantly. Kind. Well, I don't know anything about Slenderman oh, except for like memes. Don't look it up. It's really scary. <laughs> I don't believe that it's scary. Okay, then fine, go Frank, on. Frank, send me the scariest Slender Man. I'll send you the Marble Hornets playlist. I can't watch that during the day. Wow. No, I'm already feeling scared. Okay. <laughs> I, um, I'd like to have a press conference. I regret my bravado about Slender Man. I'm so scared. The back down. <laughs> no, because I have this thing about when I go to sleep at night, I'm always afraid. I am straight up terrified that I will wake up and someone will be standing in my kitchen. Because you can see my kitchen from my bedroom. Like, I don't know how people sleep with doors closed. That seems, like, shocking to me. So, I need to be able to see my front door. So I, I live in a very small apartment. <laughs> I'm just going to tell this story real quick. Because I, I didn't, I don't, I, I don't think anybody likes the sensation of night terrors. That thing where you. <laughs> Imagine what kind of person I would be like, I had an awesome night terror last night. You'd be like, the fuck? <laughs> so, like, I just love night terrors. Like, that, that feeling where you're like, I'm awake, but I can't move. Like, so I... There's, like, a word for that. It's, like, a... Sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis, yeah. So, like, somebody was talking... I had completely forgotten about it. And then somebody's talking about it at a party. And, like, my brain was just like, guess what we're doing later? And just like, fuck! But I've been trying to pl- practice uh, lucid dreaming lately. I'm getting okay at it as best you can at this thing that... Frank is trying to incept you all. Well, I'm trying Don't to... Don't worry, I won't let him. I'm trying to fly in my dreams, because that's my main goal, besides owning a mech, is flying in my dreams. Um, Frank's, like, on some another level shit right now. <laughs> I didn't even know any... Another secret. Secrets are gonna tear this podcast apart! I learned it from watching Pretty Little Liars! Oh my god, for real, though? Frank has been giving me so many <laughs> updates about Pretty Little Liars. That shit is buck wild. Um, so... Like, and then all of a sudden, like, it, it didn't happen that night, but like a month or so later, I was sleeping and I got the sleep paralysis thing and I'm just like, no, not like this. And like, it's also the sensation where you feel like there's somebody at your door, but oh I was, my God, I like, hate wait, wait, it. Wait, like I was like lucid dream. I was like, I was like lucid dreaming at the same time. So I'm like, this is just a dream. I know it's just a dream. So in my dream state and everything's in fucking slow motion. I, like, roll on my bed, I'm like... And, like, get to my feet, I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna kick your ass! And Frank run at the, the door. Frank is the of lucid dreaming. <laughs> and, like, I got to the door, and there was nothing there. Or, no, I think I, in my dream, I saw something. But your I dream like, punked you. <laughs> and, like, Frank's I'm throwing... making a punch motion. And then, like, I woke up in my bed, I was like, Fuck yeah! <laughs> I win! Oh, my God. This is ridiculous. Also, I read a book once about lucid dreaming where this girl, she was a ballet dancer... And she wanted to, like, her mother had passed away, and she wanted to see her mom again in her lucid dreams. Maybe we'll read that. That sounds like a good... I would be interested like in that book. It's like a Dancer in the Dark or something. That, is There's, that, like, a ton... Wait, isn't that, isn't that Bjork movie? Maybe. Um, I don't remember. I will look it up. We need to talk about this movie. We uh, got too many tangents for how good okay, this movie okay, is. Okay, 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 yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. So, this is not The Covenant. Um, <laughs> so, his name is Baby. No last name that we're given. Um... And he is a driver for Kevin Spacey's gang of, like, gang, Kevin Spacey's the boss. Of heist. And he hires, like, all these criminals, and, but uh, Baby had an accident when he was a kid, and now he has tinnitus. So he constantly, you know, there's a constant ringing in his ears. When we get the flashbacks to that accident, it's too much. Yeah. Um, and then he... But he's like an expert driver, but he has to constantly have music in his ears so to help him focus. So, um, but Baby is about to get out of the business, and he meets this uh, young woman, um, a, a young waitress at this diner he goes to, and they start a romance, but Kevin Spacey keeps dragging him back in. Um, and, and this is the moment where if you want to see the movie without spoilers, you should turn it off. Okay. Yep. Uh, we're going full spoilers in five, four, three, <laughs> two, one. Spoilers ahoy. Um, 
Frank also writes a blog that basically me and a bunch of people in the Eastern Bloc read. <laughs> and, like, he'll do, well, you haven't updated in ages, but, like, you'll do, like, spoilers after the jump, basically. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. Uh, so, the cast of characters that are the heist men and women or woman. I, there's only one woman that participates in the heist. There's three women in the whole movie. <laughs> oh, true. Well, I mean, like, three women. I guess there's more. There's the post office lady. Yeah, kind of. Um, so, the first heist combo we see, I don't know the name of the one actor. John Barenthal. Yeah, him I know. Isa uh, e- Gonzalez. E-I-Z-A. Because I kept thinking in my head when I saw it, Eliza. She's not in the first one, is she? Yeah. It's it's her name. Her name is Darling, and John Hamm plays Buddy. Oh um, my God, John Hamm, my beautiful boy. Um, John Hamm has that like tattoo rockabilly haircut. John, Hamm, everything looks good on John Hamm. It's true. Yo, <laughs> what up, John Hamm? <laughs> um, so glad he's getting work. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, so that so like he's such an angry man. What? Like, as an actor, he's, like, an angry man. I'm not saying it like a negative thing. I think... Well, you mean he portrays anger really well in movies? No. Like, the interviews I've read with him, he, like... He seems so conflicted. Hmm. But he also, like, he... And I... I think that people, when they go through recovery, should be given privacy. But, like, there was just, like, a little bit about him going into recovery two years ago. And, like, I I don't know how much of that contributed to, like, he hates Justin Bieber. Like, he has a ton <laughs> of sort of, like, undealt with anger about Justin Bieber. Which is, like, I, I don't really have opinions about that. But I just, like, he's an amazing actor. Yeah. Torture genius. As, yeah, as, don't. I hate that. I hate, like, that stereotype. <laughs> that in Women as Muses makes me Ugh. bananas. I've dated a couple dudes who have, like, started the sentence where they go to say I'm their muse, and I'm like, just fucking say it. Say it. Go back. <laughs> See what happens. There's certain dudes that I've been like, I love you, and then they're like, I'm so, I'm like, don't. Don't. <laughs> oh, you paint? Break your fingers. <laughs> no, good. I'm not going to I was gonna make a joke. About, I was your muse now. About making that hiss noise, I make at my cats when they're like using something as a scratching post. Where I'm like, stop it. Dudes are like, I'm not a cat. And I was like, I'm so sorry, I forgot. Well, you ever stop those cats from doing anything? I know. Oh my god, I was like trying to have a phone conversation today. I'm sitting on the couch. One of them is behind me. The other comes running up. They're hissing behind me, like literally six inches from the phone. And I'm like. Guys, you are embarrassing me. Because the other part is I don't want them to beat each other up because then I'm going to have to take someone to the vet. So while I'm on the phone, I have to hold the phone away from my mouth and go, Stop it! Knock it off! What is going on? No! Separate! Separate! (laughs) One of my my favorite Twitters is like, I saw this guy at the dog park and his dog is barking and growling at other dogs. And he's like, come on, man. And then bring quietly said, we talked about this. That's how I feel where I'm like, we definitely have confronted this issue before. Okay, back to baby driver. Oh, yeah. So John Hamm and um, Darling are like, it's like a very sexy combo. Like, they are just like making eyes at each other all the time. It's They do a bunch of cool shit with guns. Like, I hate guns, but I like all, like, there's so much choreography to this incredibly melodic movie. There's this, um, there's this one scene where, um. Yet no dancing. Uh, there was like a teensy bit of dancing baby, in the movie that's all about music. Baby drive, that uh, baby dances. Baby driver, <laughs> baby drive dances. Um, <laughs> there was not a ton of car singing though. Yeah, only a little bit. Again, a touch. I mean, he's also in the car. Eh, whatever. Um, <laughs> well, we also only see him arriving places. We don't see him just driving for fun. It's true. Like, um, okay, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm so pumped on this movie yeah. that it's like. Like, I feel like with movies that we don't like, we can really stay to the plot because they're not, like, firing off other ideas. I, we're just like, how is this movie so uninspired? And I, th- I think because we want to, like, like it's like seeing a, a car fire. You're like, look at this! 
Look at that! <laughs> <laughs> You're saying the bad movie. Yeah. Like, and with a good movie, we're like, there's so much stuff going on. All of these inspirations. This is crazy. Yeah, like our brains are activated instead of just being like, when is this fucking thing over? Like, why am I still watching this? <laughs> Do you know what would be so cool? Because um, I watched that Dessa thing that you recommended like a couple episodes ago with yeah. Beth when I was in Denver. If we could, like, watch a shitty movie and, like, get a brain skin and then watch Baby Driver and it's just, like, looks like fireworks are going off your brain. It's like, boom, 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 I'm seeing that for a third time this Sunday. I'm so pumped. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to see it again. Um, so. Okay, so they go on the heist and John Berenthal is too much. Like, He's just doing too much the whole time. Um. He keeps menacing Baby for, like, no reason. Yeah, so, like... I'm like, bro, chill. Baby doesn't go in. He's the driver, so he just hangs out outside. Um, As a getaway driver tends to do. Yeah, but it's just, like, I've noticed this. Like, I've seen more movies about getaway drivers, and I think it's just because it's, like, there's... You can... The driver stays above the, like, the mess, so it's easier to relate to them. And that's why John Barenthal is like, sometime you're gonna have to get blood in your hands. I'm like... It's the same thing like um, the the driver from Drive, like Ron Gosling's character. He gets blood on his hands constantly. Yeah, but that's only he basically curbs some someone in an elevator. Spoiler that, alert. That's well, that's only when he's like pushed to do it. Like, but it's not like there is no reason to ever curb some someone in an elevator. I, I well, they're gonna kill him. He steps on his face. I know. Okay, <laughs> so like we start with this amazing, um, we start with this amazing car chase. Like yeah, like boom, 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 all this, right into like, it. Like, what's the first song? Uh, uh, bell bottoms by the John Spencer Blues Explosion. Yeah, I bought the I bought the soundtrack. It's thirty songs for twenty dollars on iTunes. It's well worth it. <laughs> all those songs are killer. <laughs> um, so anyway, then he goes back. And there's an amazing sequence. There's this long shot of uh, baby going out to get coffee, and like he's just he is dancing to the music there. Yeah, it's, like, kind of like a stroll. Like, it gives us, like, a good layout of the city and sort of uh, an example of, like, how he just fails to interact with other people. Like, it's clearly a choice. But, like, he bumps into people. The coffee guy is super frustrated with him because he has his headphones in the whole time. Um, he, you know, gets hit by a few cars. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then he comes back and everything's, like, chipper and upbeat. And we get the mirror of this. After he's doing a heist that he doesn't want to do because he's supposed to be out, and he's just solemn and dark and pissed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he also sees uh, his lady for the first time in the sequence. She's walking off to work. Yeah. Um, and and they have a super meet cute. Okay, well that's okay. So then they're sitting down. Kevin Spacey's divvying up the money. And, uh, Darling and, Darling and Buddy were, like, the nicest two baby driver at the beginning of the movie. Until he got in the way of their money. Until he got, until he got, spoiler alert, Darling killed, like. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, even before that happened. Yeah, but, like, John Barenthal is just a giant dick to baby for what seemingly is no reason whatsoever. He just seems like an overly aggressive dude. Like, he he slaps the glasses off of, because Baby Driver, when he's doing crime, is always wearing sunglasses. When he's doing crime, when he does the crime. Oh, did you figure out, I think I, I, think I figured out, I think I figured out, I figured out what, that, what city they're in. What city? Albany. Because because you see you see um, that would make sense. You see crates uh, stamped APD on them, and then or Albuquerque. Well, it's, it's, there's it's wait there's too wait much to foliage for Albuquerque. That would make sense. And then like it feels like Albany when he gets um, spoiler for the end of the movie. Like when he gets that totally looks like upstate thrown in jail. It's Monroe County, and I was like. I think it's Albany. I looked up Monroe County. It used to be Albany County was this huge county, and then it got split into Albany County and Monroe County. Good. Paying attention. So. Good on you, Frank. I didn't notice that much. There was so much going on in the movie. And it also makes sense why there's so so much less traffic, so much less traffic on the streets. I'm a writer. For real. Like, I lived in upstate New York, and when people complained about traffic, I was like, are you guys kidding me? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, coming from New Jersey to upstate New York, I was like, what? (laughs) 
I never had to fact, like factor in extra time for traffic. It was like from point to point, it was exactly the amount of time it took you to go that distance. There was never rush hour. She's going, he's going the distance. Burn out, burn out. He's going for speed. I'm surprised that wasn't used in this movie, but that would be so cheesy. Um, so I'd be into it. So, um, Kevin Spacey. Each person gets, I think, like it's gets, I think, forty thousand dollars or so, or fifty thousand, and which ca- is crazy because Buddy and Darling are like, we'll be back when the I think they called it the nose bag runs dry. They're back in like two weeks. <laughs> I was like, how much blow are you doing? <laughs> this movie doesn't take a long time. Like it's not like a year long epic. Like no, like this is like maybe seven days. The idea that Buddy still has a septum is like <laughs> unreal. Um, so they, uh... We never see John Barenthal again. I don't even understand why he's in the preview. He's, like, barely in this movie. Eh, I, I think they didn't want, like, they needed somebody not attached to all the insane shit that happens with the other characters. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, like, you find out that Baby stole a car that Kevin Spacey owned, and, like... It had his take in it, but I don't know if it was drugs or money. I think I think it was probably a little bit of both. I, also... I just imagined, like, a car going over a cliff, and there's just, like, jewels and, like, a treasure chest just falling out of the back. <laughs> and, like, this is kind of confusing, because Kevin Spacey has contact with these underworld-type people and the people that aid in the heist through... What's the... A nasal doctor called? I don't know. Is that, is an, he like a sinus N- specialist? NTE? I don't know. No, no, <laughs> no, no, it's not called nasal anything. Nose, throat, and ears. Oh, baby. <laughs> it's like a general sinus thing, yeah. I think. Because, like, they make a point of every time he has, like, a pass to get into a bank, like, a key card to get into a bank, or, like, the plans of when trucks are coming oh. and going, he's like, they have a nose problem. And I'm, so that just means they're on coke. <laughs> oh, Frank, I just realized that as I said it. <laughs> I thought he was a doctor. <laughs> I was like, it's totally crazy because I just imagined him looking at people's noses and then being like, "This is gonna cost you a lot of money." I got ways into the bank. All right. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait. So how? What is his cover? Because he's like bought the police in the area, etc. I think he's just like a legitimate quote-unquote businessman. You know, he's probably a nose doctor. It doesn't like. <laughs> it, honestly, like here's the thing about Kevin Spacey's character is you don't need much backstory, like. Kevin Spacey is an amazing actor. And an evil dude. Yeah. In, in the movie. I don't know about real life. Yeah, but, like, you're just, like, when you see him, the the vibe that he's throwing off is just, like, he can, like, from the minute one, you're like, he can do some shit. Like, you know he's bad news. Ruthless. Um, so you're like, I don't want Baby anywhere near him. My like, precious Baby Driver. Um, but he's also, like, he is also somewhat protective of Baby. Like B A B Y baby. People are constantly like, like what? Why this kid is like? You got a problem? I vouch for him. That's all. That's all you should need. Yeah. Because a lot of people just keep giving baby shit for nothing. It makes zero sense. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um. So anyway, then we cut to... uh baby's home life and he lives with his at first i thought his guardian yeah or he refers to him as his stepdad but it's like a foster yeah i mean but yeah he he says like that's my stepdad oh my god um his his stepdad is death and death hearing impaired hearing impaired and in a wheelchair um and And they sign to each other and his stepdad like this is another good dad oh my god like baby is taking care of him but like and the dad knows babies in in the bad business, and he's just like you need to do a job where you don't hurt people. And oh my god! And then the pizza delivering montage, yeah. like he points at the pizza. So they're signing to one another, and baby's like pizza, and he's like, yeah, you're gonna deliver pizza. And then we get like a little pizza delivering montage, which is super cute because everyone's like, wow, you got here fast. <laughs> and then um, he brings home pizza to his stepdad, and they're eating pizza, and like the stepdad says, like, oh, isn't a good thing you know, to be like, to be making this positive change. And baby basically tells him like, oh, you don't have to worry. I'm going to make sure no one hurts you. And he's like, I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about you. And, and all worried, of it is wor- so cute. He's worried about baby and other people. Yeah. Like, Cause baby keeps putting huge <laughs> blocks of cash. Under the floorboard. Like, it's like $10,000 each time. Oh yeah. And, and there's like a considerable pile. So there's probably close to a million dollars. I uh, I'd say probably much less, like maybe two hundred thousand or so. It's less. I'm very um, bad at counting money. Because <laughs> uh, like a million dollars would be like a million dollars. A thousand stacks of those, like. Yes. <laughs> no, I think ten thousand. Oh my god, Frank! Don't give away how bad we are at math. <laughs> <laughs> Our sturdy secret. Our Achilles heel. Math. Simple, simple multiplication. Oh god. So anyway, oh, and the other thing is, baby carries with him a tape recorder, and he makes mixes of people's, like people will say things to him, and he'll like record it and then make a mix out of and it. And this is the meat cute. So he's at the diner. Oh uh, well, like some like there's this part where John Barenthal's like, like is he retarded? And Kevin Spacey's like, like retarded means slow. Was he slow? No. And then he makes a whole mix out of that. Yeah. He has a great, like, mixing setup, too. It's, like, very lo-fi. Well, okay, okay, the okay, okay, we'll talk about the Miku. <laughs> Wait, does this happen after the second heist? Yeah, it happens after the first, right? First heist. Okay, so he goes into the diner, and she comes into work. What is her name again? Uh, Deborah. Deborah! And they reference the song! <laughs> the Beck song! Off of Midnight Vultures, it's so good. I, like, <laughs> I had such strong, strong feelings about that album in junior high. I was just like... Does music get any better than this? I watched a whole episode of TRL, like, from start to finish, just to get the five minutes of Beck, where they're like, we're premiering his song live on TRL. And, and that like, song was Sex Laws. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, and it was never on TRL again. <laughs> <laughs> Unsurprising. Um, I once sang Sex Laws in a Virginia karaoke bar, and not, it did not go over well for me. <laughs> Nobody applauded. <laughs> Oh, I don't know why I thought you did that when we were in Captiva. What did you sing when we were in Captiva? Um, Icky Thump, a few other things. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, so, um, because I was like, that was received really well. So, the, sh- she's singing a song, um... By, uh, B-A-B-Y by Carol Thomas. Yeah. And so, he records her, she comes over to take his order, and then she said, like, she turns on the microphone and is like, hello, hello, it's just like... Mega super cute. He asks her about the song. He goes to the record store. He buys the song. 
He comes home and puts it on. His stepdad is signing, like, what is this? And then he tells him, like, this girl. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm going to die of the cuteness. Well, the the dad signs at him, I approve. (laughs) And he's like, oh, of the music? And he's like, no, the girl. Yeah, and, like... I I don't know if this is, like, shorthand or the actual sign, but he makes, like, the gesture of, like, an hourglass figure, and I was like, is that, like, the... I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I like that. That's, like, saucy. So... <laughs> somebody, somebody creating ASL is just like, nah, man, just this. <laughs> They'll know. They'll know. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Now, now that I'm like thinking that out, it doesn't make sense. So, um, an hourglass? No, a woman. We should go with different sides. <laughs> well, because like cusses look like cusses. Yeah, they're um, all very rude. It's very great. Uh, like, what's this one? Like the of yours, I think. Oh, it's I'm making a gesture from my forehead. Uh. Did, have you read about that woman that does signing, um... For, like, Wu-Tang videos? Yes! For, like, Wu-Tang concerts? I'm so glad we're on the same... Did we talk about this recently? No, but... Okay, I had read about that she, like, really puts an effort into, like, translating, like, the vernacular, like, the shorthand that's used in rap because there's so much wordplay in rap that she really wants to, like, make sure that she's conveying this sort of, like... Like, the melody and the playfulness. Fuck, I wish I knew her name. Uh, uh, I'll look it up on my phone. Okay. And so, like, I had time. seen, um, it was probably on Tumblr, but this article about, like, how she was revered as, you know, the, um, using sign language to, uh, you know, sign Snoop, Log- Snoop Dogg's lyrics. And I was just like, that's so cool. Like, I don't know. It, first of all, that seems like an awesome job. Also, watching her do it is so impressive because it has to go so fast because rap is so much compacted language and such a, like, a quick succession. And she looks hard while she does it, too. And, like, she's moving <laughs> with the beat. Like, well, you would have to, right? Because, like, you're thinking about the lyrics, you're conveying the lyrics, and, you know, you want to be on time. Like... It's not like when you watch shows that are closed caption and, like, you know, they're two to three beats behind what's actually happening and all jacked up. Holly Maniotti. Good on you! <laughs> uh, you know what, Holly Maniotti, you're you're going to be our teen girl talk, like... MVP per, of the day. Per, MVP of the week up for th- Thursdays. Every Thursday? Well, not, she Every could Thursday, be. She could be. Holly Mignotti. We're recording this on Wednesday, so I'm not even sure where that comes from. Um, but yeah, so uh, he goes back to the diner. Or, like... Uh, he decide, He asks her out, and he takes her to... Not hedonism. What do they call it? <laughs> fucking hedonism? No, but he... The laundromat? Oh, yeah, because he asks her out on a real date after that with his pizza okay. money. So, well, well they, go, um, they go on their first date, uh, or, like, he, there's, like, for the three visits they have. Um, the first time he introduces himself, he finds out about the uh, Carol Thomas song. Then the next one is um, he's called back to, by Kevin Spacey to plan another job, this time with Flea. Jamie Foxx and another actor I don't know the name of. He's super cute, though. I saw Flea in the credits and then was like, later was like, where the fuck did Flea show up? And then I was like, (laughs) oh my god. There's this. Because uh, they haven't put on this weird accent. There's this. There's this uh, part where. I'm gonna look up that third actor. I don't like not using actors' names. Um, I always search the Wikipedia app. What? Wikipedia app and just look it up there. Um,. Frank's like, don't go on the internet. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, and like the the third actor, he has hat written on his neck. <laughs> you only started spelling baby driver, so you wrote baby doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like baby driver's like, you got something against hats, and he's like, it used to say hate, but like, who doesn't love hats? Yeah, <laughs> it hurt my employment. Co- uh, my employment prospects. And once again, Jamie Foxx is weirdly angry at Baby Driver, but his whole thing is that he's a he's a nut job. <laughs> like, oh man, uh, 
Lanny June. Um, so the... Oh, he was on Lost. Neither of us have watched Lost, so we're so sorry we missed out on letting you know that's who that was. Um, so before this job, Baby has another... Like, he goes back to the diner, and, um, Deborah's there, and they have, they have an actual conversation where she sits down, and she, they discuss, like... And they say each other's names. And she's like, oh, my sister's Mary. She has all the songs, Mary, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm Deborah. There's no, there's only like one song for me. And it's not even about me. <laughs> and it's, you know, Deborah by Beck. And, um, and, you know, um, and then he's like, well, you also have Deborah by, by Trex. And she's like. T- Trex? T-Rex? <laughs> um, and I they, didn't even catch that joke. That's cute. Because you probably never heard anybody talk about T-Rex. Oh my god. Um, this movie is so tweet. I'm gonna die. <laughs> so tweet and also very violent times. Oh, it's incredibly violent. But I mean, isn't that so amazing that Edgar Wright... Man, and so, okay, so the New Yorker uh, review that I referenced before was saying that this was like a heist film that was sort of like saccharine. And I was like, no, I feel like this is, I disagree because I feel like this is so much more accurate. Like, life is never completely terrible or completely amazing. Like, there are these really beautiful moments. And, like, the beautiful moments in this movie don't come out of all of the money or the thrill of the chase. It's, like, during these very intimate interactions that Baby has with Deborah and with Joseph, his stepfather. And those are only based in this sort of like love and affection where everything else in the movie, especially things connected with money are like really terrible, like very toxic, very terrible, very violent. Yeah. Um, and Deborah says she has a plan. What what she really wants to do is put, um, drive West in a car she can't afford with no, a plan she doesn't have and just her, the road and her music. Um, and they also go, she's like, he's like, where are you going? And she's like, I'm going to the laundromat. Um, and like, he follows her there. And then he also says like, I've probably said more to you than anybody else in the, in the last year, which also is heartbreaking. <laughs> and you also find out his mom was a waitress at the diner and she has passed. Um, and then you get these, like, flashbacks of her fighting with what we have to assume is baby's shitty dad or stepdad. And she's distracted and doesn't see any, a 16-wheeler that stopped him short in front of them. And you, there's a couple times where the viewer has to kind of watch this impact and watch baby watch his mother die. It, it's it's very hard to watch. It's- Though, like, this is how big a nerd I am and how kind of horrifying at times the Batman animated TV series was. Because, like, there's an episode where it's this whole hallucinatory episode where Batman sees Batgirl die. Oh, I kind of remember that one. And, like, they're like, we can't show her hitting the hood from the outside. So instead, you see the shot from inside the car. And who's driving the car is Commissioner Gordon, Batgirl's father. And it's way the fuck worse. Like, So I found the quote that particularly I disagreed with. Um, the writer is... It's a very old man. No, I'm only going off of the little cartoon that... Where is... I'm so sorry. I should have gotten it up before. I'll, I'll just keep talking while you look for it. <laughs> no, I'm saying like his on the... It's by Richard Brody and... Um, he says some like nice stuff about the film, like how tight the film is and like how kind of what you were saying about the driver is that we can be complicit in the violence that he participates in because he's kind of given no choice. And he says, baby driver plays like a disnified version of an action film R rated for, I suppose it's sanitized violence and middle school cussing like sanitized violence. Like we see people catch on fire. <laughs> Jamie Foxx just throws a grenade on, on some people at one point. And so, like, I just didn't like that because I really felt like, you know, like, you feel sort of, like, his anguish, like, Baby Driver. And, like, Richard Brody also mentions, um, you know, the mourning that comes with losing his parents, but uh, Baby Driver's parents. But, like, 
I'm like, dude, what more do you want? Like, how gritty do you want this to be? What have you experienced that this is sanitized? You know, he's probably somebody who... who like, okay, so here's the thing. I liked Drive. Like, I thought that was a really good movie, really well-made movie. It's kind of not exactly the same like this, but kind of like a guy sees a good gal and he wants to lead the life, but he's like, I don't know if I can. And, like, that just felt so sterile to me. And this movie just... I'm just, like, sitting there, and I'm, like, I'm feeling these highs and lows of just, like, I love watching these two together, and then the lows of, like, it might all, like, it might all get taken away. Like, and the other thing, I don't remember what the name of, who directed Drive? Nicholas Reffin Winding. So, he did Neon Demon last year. And... A movie that I vehemently hate, <laughs> because I felt like violence, um... Of men against women, of women against women, was used in this way. It was supposed to be titillating, and I thought it was disgusting. Um, and I felt like, you know, sexual assault and all of those things were used so that you're like, ooh, too edgy for me. Can't deal I, like, I can so clearly remember how angry I was when I left that film. He straight, I, I saw Only God Forgives. He straight hates women. For real, though. For real. And which makes sense where Carrie Mulligan is this, like, indisputable angel in Drive. And then Christina Hendricks, Joan from Mad Men, plays, like, kind of, you know. Has no lines. No lines. And then is brutally murdered. Like, dude, just stay away from women. Like, just stay away from them. Stop making movies. Yes. I'm not into it. (laughs) We're going to start a Kickstarter to stop making movies. A Kickstarter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, just okay. like we'll pay you all this money to just hang out and not do anything. <laughs> so I don't necessarily want to go through the blow by blow of the end of Baby Driver. Yeah, I mean, I think that like there's two more. Okay, I'll just there's two more really good car chases. Heist, heist that um, turned into car chases. Like, she goes sideways. Okay, but let me. Uh, should we say the fates of what happened to people? Because uh, yeah. Okay, so um, but everything's going south for Baby Driver. Um, we should just call him Baby. It sounds so weird when we say sorry. Baby Driver. <laughs> Things are going south for Baby. And he's like, I need to flee. And like, they at one point, Jamie Foxx threatens his dad. Like, Which, Jamie Foxx, I normally love you. But like, <laughs> if you had hurt, and they did hurt Joseph. Yeah. They stole his wheelchair and he had black eyes. And I was like, Jamie Foxx, if you weren't already dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, You'd have shaken baby syndrome. I'd shake you so hard. So uh, hard, Jamie Foxx. Um, so, uh, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, baby, make sure to drop off, uh, Joseph at an assisted living facility. So what happens is they're supposed to go on this last heist. Uh, they uh, go to pick up the guns for the heist and... Jamie Foxx is a, just a nut job in this. What is his character's name? Bats. Bats decides that everyone needs to be mur- He goes into this gun pickup looking to murder and then they come though, back though, and... Though there's uh, one, I really like his one line where he's just like, like, put on something funky in, th- in, th- in case things go south. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, they go in and Jamie Foxx is like, well, what I tell you? And everyone's like, the fuck? <laughs> and so Darling gets shot in the arm. She's, like, living and fine, but, like, everyone's, like, kind of fed up with bats. They go back and Kevin Spacey is like, Guys, I didn't get the code word. Where's the bananas? I didn't get the bananas. And they were like, ah, they were cops. And he's like, I know they were cops. They were my cops. And now they're all dead. So then they decide to still do the heist. Baby's trying to get out at 2 a.m. But both Bats and Buddy find him in the parking lot. And they find his tape recorder. Not great. Makes him look like a cop. They go and pick up his mixes because they're like, that's a dumb fucking oh, yeah. excuse. Yeah, he, he explains the excuse like, I make mixes of people's conversations. They go and pick up the mixes. Which is like, just because there's like a sick beat behind it doesn't mean it's not court admissible. <laughs> <laughs> the judge is just like bopping his head. It's like, oh. He's like, nice, nice. Guilty, guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Spacey's all over this track. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Can I just keep this evidence? Was he slow? Was he slow? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm knocking ten years. I'm knocking ten years off your sentence for this beat. <laughs> He's like, let's put together a mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so like, and they also what they stopped at Deborah's diner, and like, I was so. Tense during that scene. I was like, don't hurt Deborah. 
Yeah, like, I, cause, like... That actually happens before they find the tape. So, like, Deborah knows to play cool. Baby pretends like he doesn't know her. And then... Deborah's a smart cookie. Deborah can read a room, for real. So they go back. All the stuff happens with the tape. He doesn't pick Deborah up. Oh, and Bats was going to straight murder her. Like, when he first meets her. Like, Bats, baby, like, kills a dude at, a, like, a gas station attendant for no reason. He, he's essentially kind of, like, a more vocal uh, Anton Chigurh. Like He's you, just a psychopath. Yeah, you... Like, s- without... Well, like, you see him, you have to die, so you can ID him. It's bananas. It's pointless violence. Like, Bats is just full of pointless violence. Yeah. And then you get conflicted, right? Because if you were like me, you love Jamie Foxx. Yes. And you're like, Jamie Foxx, please... Please stop murdering people. Good, good dad, horse riding, life-saving Jamie Foxx. Exactly. You, you heard about that, right? Where you saved a guy from a car fire? Jamie Foxx is amazing. And, and people are like, you're a hero. He's like, I just did what you should do. Like, this shouldn't be, like, something out of the ordinary. He's so charming. But he bites it because <laughs> Baby's just sick of the murdering. So, they- so he murders Jamie Foxx. <laughs> <laughs> with a car. Yeah. So he like drives forward into some rebar and like Darling and Baby are in the, or Darling and Buddy are in the back. So they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, here's the other part. Um, Kevin Spacey knows because he confronted Baby uh, at the fancy restaurant that I can't remember the name of. It's not hedonism. <laughs> it is definitely not hedonism. Hedonism was what Darling and Buddy were all about, but it wasn't hedonism. It's the <laughs> they, finest whining and dining uh, north of the something or other. AKA okay, called hedonism. And, <laughs> oh, and Baby feeds Deborah some cake and it's adorable. Oh my god, everything that is not murder in this movie is adorable. <laughs> so then, um, we're all over the place. It, everything blows up, super chase, Deborah tries to help. Oh, Joseph is okay. Joseph gets yeah, dropped Joe. off at the old age home with a pile of money in his lap. Baby makes a recording about his likes and dislikes, and you better believe I was crying. Um, <laughs> like, and, and then, like, a helicopter is just like, stay where you are. And, like, Joseph looks up the helicopter and then looks to his left, and Baby's just gone. Like, Baby's fast on foot and in car. Yeah. And, like, he does, like, the sign for good luck. Frank gestured far too violently. Um, and so then uh, there's a big hubbub. Everyone's dead except for Baby. Oh, like, oh, Kevin Spacey tries to help them. Baby ends up with the tape that was his mom's yeah, like, country music. Yeah, he like he goes, he's um, Deborah. He goes back to get Deborah, and Deborah's being menaced by Buddy, who is hell bent on killing Baby. Because, Looks high as hell. And, and like, because the he, cops come in. And yeah, and like, it's just like Baby shoots him in the shoulder. And at first I was like, oh, well, Baby's not, uh, Baby's not guilty of that much. And I was like, no, he shot Buddy in the shoulder. That's attempted murder. Because like, when he has the confrontation with Buddy at the end, he shoots him in the leg. That's not attempted murder. <laughs> That's <Shit>. just assault. <laughs> but it could also be considered self-defense. Yeah. So, um, uh, whatchamacallit. So Buddy is just out to kill uh, out to kill baby and like he goes back to Kevin Spacey because he just wants the tape of his mom's singing on it because it's the last time he probably heard his mom and here's the twist Kevin Spacey's like you kids are in love I gotta help you yeah and I was like what <laughs> I, here's the thing though like Kevin Spacey once again one of our most amazing actors he just said you know I was in love once too and I, I was like I'm there I believe it yeah. wholeheartedly I'm here for this and then, Kevin Spacey in love so then he shotguns some people. He's like, I told you. And then he gets shot himself. So he's like, but not like uh, fatally. And he's just like. I was very I, super stressed out when all of this is happening. I thought I told you to run. And then Buddy and Buddy and uh, Baby have a fight in multiple cars. Yeah. Like, then the cop. No. Um, like Buddy, Buddy shows up in a cop car of the cop he killed. And he's playing. They had a they had a actually nice little discussion. About like what's your like what's your, what's your killer track? Yeah. And like it was Brighton Brighton Rock by Queen. And he's like, This is it, baby, your killer track. And they're like he's chasing him around in the cop car. Oof, I got chills thinking about it. And, like, John Hamm's such a good actor. The, Everyone's such a good actor. There's this great scene where like um like Buddy tries to like run him down with the car and baby just jumps over the car. Um and it's just like and 
finally, what happens is, like, they're fighting in a parking lot, garage, and finally, Baby's cornered, and then, okay, so we've dealt with some villains over this last, like, yeah. four or five months of doing this podcast. This one moment made me, like, shot John Hamm to the top of the list of movies we've watched on this podcast and everything else I've watched. Like, A, Madison Bell, don't come close to this. He's just like, you took away something I love. I'm going to take away something you love. And then puts his gun next to ba- each of Baby's ears and shoots. And Baby's hearing just goes. But he's not completely deaf. But yeah, but like, that's not going to, like, his ears are already damaged. It's not going to help. No, it's true. And so while he is anguished and on the ground, he goes to shoot. Uh, De- Debra. But then Debra hits him into the car, cough car on fire. Well, Debra, Debra hits him with a um, crowbar or something, yeah. and then Baby shoots him in the leg, and he tumbles out of the parking lot, parking oh, that garage, was so stressful. <laughs> into a into the flaming cop car, and the cop car explodes again. Just be like, surprised. "Yep, he's dead." <laughs> and so then, um, I've not seen a more satisfying like guy dying in a car fire than this one. K-pop music video where this woman was assaulted by her boyfriend and then she like ran him off the road because they're both race car drivers and then the car exploded I'm like yay oh my god okay they had it coming I'm sure they did (laughs) I'm not I'm not trying to (laughs) Greg's like I'm already yelling Susie's like like not all men hashtag (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's totally me um okay so oh and then um baby goes to Baby goes. Deborah tries to get away. They hit a roadblock. Baby takes the keys out of the ignition. He's like, "You're not meant for this world." Throws the keys into the river. The cops. was like, "How am I gonna get home now?" <laughs> I'm sure the cops will give her a ride. <laughs> so then they take baby in. We get like a sad montage of him like mopping and being sad. Oh in yeah, jail. But, but before that, there's this really good uh, like oh, a montage of everyone being a character witness for him. Yeah, like there's a like there's a trial and you see all these people he met. Deborah's was like, we were going to be friends. We were trying to be more, but it didn't work out. Um, there's this woman. Uh, there was this one, the, the last heist is at a post office and he had to go in and like stake out the place first. And he met the teller and she's like, she saw him waiting for uh, bats to come out and he's like shaking his head no at her. And she's like, I think he was trying to warn me that something wasn't right. And then during the last car chase, like he steals this car from a woman and gives and, her her purse and, back. And she's like, my purse. And he's like, quickly does this like sick maneuver. He's like, I'm sorry, ma'am. And I like, hands her her purse. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then finally there's Joseph who says like, he got put into a lot of bad situations, but he was always a good person. Um, Ooh, and this is where I completely fainted because everything is too cute. And then, uh, then, like at the end of the sad montage of him in jail, he is, receives a series of postcards from Deborah. Yeah, and she's she, gonna wait for him. And like, and then I was like, <laughs> and she also finds out his real name, which is Miles. Makes sense. He oh, looks and like Miles. and um. When she finds out his name's Baby, she's like, you guys beat on all... Like, we could drive across the country three or four times before we ran out of baby songs. And she's like, now you have this even more beat with your real name, Miles. And Um, all of it is amazing. And we can't say... Oh, and he had had a fantasy about him meeting her at, like, an old-timey car. And then he gets out of jail and meets her at kind of an old-timey car. Yeah, and then it's so, over, and it's we cannot recommend this movie enough. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm throwing out this is our for my solid ten. Yes, I loved everything about this movie. I am sure there will be plenty on plenty of people on YouTube talking about the problematic things wherever in this movie. But I don't care. Yeah, I like, don't care. So, I loved it. Like we've, you know, I've liked a lot of movies we watched here. I've liked a last lot. Yeah, like, <laughs> I've liked a fair amount of the movies we've watched on here. Frank's too high on Baby Driver. He's forgotten yeah. how many movies we hated. <laughs> but like, it's just so good from start to finish. Like it's a sol- it, like it's a solid ten. And I'm, like if one of those comes up, like all the things wrong with Baby Driver, I'm like go fuck yourself. I ain't watching that shit. Yeah. Like um, I will forever live in my world where Baby Driver is perfect because it is in my heart. Yeah. And even if you find a pr- imperfection in something. It's your love for her that makes it perfect. Much like a relationship. That's so poetic. I love that. And on that note, I think we should end, because I'm probably going to say some dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I really like 
like that, though. Um, okay, so next week... We will be doing um, a book, which I'm going to go grab. And we're going to be doing Jawbreaker, which I love. It's, like, super campy. And I think last week I mentioned Would how you? much I like... No, it was during Pretty Little Liars. Uh, Pam Greer. We're doing The Summer We Came to Life by Deborah, Deborah Cloyed. Uh, and just to give you the first couple sentences. Every summer, Samantha Whelan joins her childhood friend Isabella, Kendra, and Mina on vacation somewhere exotic and fabulous. So, like, <laughs> Jailbreaker is <laughs> an intense film. I wanted to juxtapose it against something that just seems, like, cutesy. So, it will be a, um... It'll be, a, it'll be a whiplash episode. It'll be an interesting week. So, uh, I'm Susie Coda. I'm Franklin Coda. Team, Team Coda. Was he slow? No. 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 As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.